Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Wednesday edition of the Dunk Time Basketball Podcast. We got a really fun one today. Danny and AI are going to gaze into the crystal ball and predict infallibly what the landscape of the league will look like in the year 2019 so that was a conan reference there but that's going to be a lot of fun to do we're going to look at who we think will be the final four teams the nba champion who will make the all nba teams all that stuff is going to be a lot of fun also got some news to get to which we will start off with a reminder that we are sponsored today by beachbody on demand a new sponsor that is a total solution for health fitness and weight loss text cap space all one word no spaces to 303030 and get a full 30 days of access to this entire platform for free we'll tell you more about that coming up here so where should we start here on the news danny uh, before we get into our uh, psychic predictions there are a lot of a lot of different ways to go with this i think in terms of talking about the theoretical nba championship we can start with the report mark stein and chris haynes had that kevin durant is kind of he's on schedule and it looks like he could return before the end of the regular season which is something the warriors wanted if his progress permitted it because in that case they can kind of work him in during the regular season as opposed to having to do that during the playoffs yeah he was filmed doing a little bit of movement taking a step into jumpers nothing lateral yet had a brace on remains to be seen how effective he can be coming back he probably will have to wear a brace if other players who have suffered a grade 2 mcl injury are any indication how he'll adjust to that work back into a warriors team now that suddenly is playing very well again in his absence all of that uh, will be very interesting to see here uh On other injury news, Chandler Parsons will have knee surgery, a meniscectomy, which is the meniscus removal rather than repair. This being on the opposite knee, the left knee from the one that he had the meniscus repair on and also had the microfracture-like surgery on the last two years but he of course as we mentioned is out for the year Joel Embiid also likely to have surgery now which we figured would probably be the case when he was shut down for the year with that meniscus tear we don't know yet whether it'll be a trim you know the uh, meniscectomy where they remove a little bit of it or a repair for younger players if they can they usually like to repair it Russell Westbrook Derek Rose Eric Bledsoe all had that Rose and Westbrook had it later fail it seems to have held so far for Bledsoe but the repair is basically a six-month recovery time it's more like eight weeks or so uh for the typical meniscus trim so that, that'll uh, have some implications for his off-season training certainly yeah it absolutely will and you know th- we kind of always knew that something like this was coming and it'll be a lot more significant when we know exactly what it is but still significant also in terms of nba news especially considering we're recording this on wednesday robin lopez and serge Ibaka were each suspended one game for their missed punch scuffle last night and you know that could be significant considering Ibaka is going to be out for their game in miami and miami is another team that's competing for a playoff berth with chicago 
Yeah, Toronto right now projected in a 49 and 33 tie with the Wizards. We know that they certainly would like to avoid the fourth seed. Those projections don't know that Cal Lowry is out, but the Wizards actually have really fallen back to earth as their schedule has gotten more difficult and they just haven't been playing as well. The Raptors have been scraping out wins. They had that 15 point comeback uh, in the last six minutes of the game, I think, against the Bulls. Uh, their defense has been outstanding since the All Star break, but it would mean a ton if the Raptors can get that third seed avoid cleveland until the conference finals uh, although it is not fait accompli yet the cavaliers with a much harder schedule than the celtics although they do have a three-game lead on them uh what else do we have here well i think we should definitely talk about the passing of jerry Krause, the legendary executive for the chicago bulls and one of the would you say it's fair to call him the architect of their dynasty yeah other than the fact that rod thorne who was the gm previously was the one who drafted michael jordan and well he did draft michael jordan he was already on the team i think it it was pretty much assumed that Jordan was going to be the number three pick in that draft 1984 cross was hired in 1985 he had a number of fantastic transactions one of which was trading Jawan oldham to the knicks and then he was able to flip another pick to the sonics to get that number five overall pick in 1987 that netted the bulls scotty pippen that same draft saw them use their own pick to draft Horace Grant, and he then traded Charles Oakley, Michael Jordan's favorite player, by the way, uh, and Cross's first draft pick, who was a great steal, for Bill Cartwright, a, a move that eventually paid off if not because Cart was better than Oakley just because they needed a center who was a, a good defensive player and that really built the core of that first championship team he also drafted Tony Kukoc in 1990 that was a key pick to enable the Bulls to get back on the horse after really people forget this that the first three-peat and the second three-peat the only two players in common were Jordan and Pippen so they had to rebuild everything a heist of a trade although Rodman had fallen way out of favor in San Antonio Will Purdue for Dennis Rodman I mean that was an absolute heist uh, being willing to take that gamble even though Rodman had acted out so much even though he was a former rival of Jordan and Pippen with the Pistons that was another great move as well finding role players for that team Steve Kerr basically creating Steve Kerr's career when he had completely floundered before that finding a lot of great role players for even that 93-94 team that Phil Jackson called one of his favorites ever and Cross made a number of brilliant moves and you have to wonder that it's just really the interpersonal stuff with him which you know certainly was a big negative but he was very effective in finding and identifying talent his portrayal in the Jordan rules for example a book that was very formative in my NBA fandom was not particularly positive uh you know he certainly was very secretive annoyed a lot of people was known as being very insecure but certainly an executive who should have been in the hall of fame as for creating basically the second best dynasty we've ever seen in basketball and doing it in an era that was entirely different because of the lack of the territorial draft and so many other components that the Celtics had, you know, that the, that the Bulls did not. And it is an incredible legacy. And there's been some wonderful work that has come out, including some that I still need to read about Kraus. So if you if you really want to read it, there's just a wealth of material. But we might as well stay with the Chicago Bulls and the news that Cameron Payne has been sent to the D-League and continuing this really strange carnival or you know, just kind of weird circumstances. Carousel. Carousel, carousel is the word I was looking for. Guards, yeah. Yes. The backup point guard carousel. And we'll see where it goes. I mean, Rondo had a had a great game against the Raptors. Yeah, we'll see if that continues or not. Uh, Payne actually is back with the big team for tonight's game, but uh, it would seem that he probably will be out of the rotation for the time being. 
couple other injuries here. Nemanja Bialica had a fracture in his navicular bone. That was the left foot injury that he had surgery to repair in New York. Uh, we didn't know the specific nature of that. Navicular bone, again, that's uh, that's not good. That's the Joel Embiid injury. Uh, Bialica not as big as he is, so maybe there's some hope that he could return by next year. But this is certainly a significant injury for him. In the less significant injury division, Danilo Gallinari still out with knee soreness, although Wilson Chandler and Darrell Arthur are back for tonight's game against Cleveland, and we'll see how long Gallo stays out, but remember, he's going to be a free agent, which is something uh, that we can get to a little bit more when we talk about the the future later in the show, but you would think that all this time that he misses with these nagging injuries could drive his value down, and not even so much drive his value down as reduce Denver's desire to re-sign him uh what else do we have in the injury front here Julio Okafor still dealing with knee soreness missed their game against the Orlando Magic and Tiago Splitter was assigned to the D-League he's still not all the way back yet but I guess he's making progress yeah again it never really made much sense that Splitter would play for the Sixers I guess he has the history with Brett Brown from Brown San Antonio days and he is a good guy i think maybe they could look to re-sign him on the cheap as kind of a mentor next year you know everyone knows they have plenty of centers but just as more of a solid vet good worker type of guy i guess really all you have to do uh unless you're an a who doesn't have the greatest reputation in this regard but everybody else who's brazilian in the league see everyone seems to love them barbosa verajao now splitter as he's kind of chemistry guys um okafor still a concern this is that same knee again that he had surgery on around this time last year that he's still been suffering with this knee soreness uh does not help his his trade value at all and then Dejounte murray has been out for a couple of weeks with a groin injury and it's continuing really to bother him to the point where he may not return during the regular season uh, not that he's going to play much of a role in the playoffs but probably would have played some it down the stretch especially if the spurs fall out of contention for the number one seed and don't have much to play for would have been nice to get a look at him so too bad that he will be out and then two more things here kent Bazemore suffered a right knee bone bruise he is out seven to ten days that was over the weekend the Hawks, so pretty much locked into their seed, it looks like. So that as long as he can get back pretty soon, we know that those bone bruises can be tricky. But as long as he can get back pretty quickly, shouldn't be too much of an issue. And then finally, on the signings front, the Lakers have signed uh, David Nwaba, who, interesting story, because he actually had to go through an open tryout that he paid to attend to even get into the D-League, was not drafted in the D-League, was brought up from the defenders. He's an athletic guy, probably not anyone who should be playing a lot of minutes in an NBA game which makes him perfect for the Lakers, likely a team option or a non-guarantee going forward for him into next year. But good to see someone like him at least uh, start off an NBA career. So we'll move on to our crystal ball momentarily. But first, this from Beachbody On Demand. You've probably heard of P90X. In fact, Danny, you've done P90X a lot, haven't you? Yeah, I started when I when I started law school, I'd gotten out of having UCLA, which has a great kind of athletic center. And I needed something that I could do more, you know, like at home because I didn't have enough time to really go to a gym. And I started with P90X then. And I admit that I'm not on it all the time, but it has been the different variants of it have been a part of my life ever since. 
nuts. Yeah, I've been using it a lot just for some of their stretching routines post-workout, and they have just uh, so many different great products that uh, pretty much any type of workout that you want to do, you can get from Beachbody On Demand. T25, 21-Day Fix Extreme, the Insanity Workout. I think that's what Rob Gronkowski does. I'm not sure about that, uh, but he's pretty jacked, so <laughs> it seems to work for him uh, in the off-season. Uh, it's also a great resource for nutrition as well. Cardio workouts, weights, yoga, low-impact stuff, dance, really anything that you want to do for fitness beach body on demand has it for you it's also pretty useful if you're a frequent traveler like i am it allows you to stay on track even when you're away from home maybe you're not at your normal gym you can find something to do that'll be whether it's a 10 minute workout 30 minutes an hour whatever you want whatever the situation if you're trying to stay in shape beach body on demand is a great resource that already has almost a million members so of course our listeners can get a free 30-day membership just text cap space all one word with no spaces to 303030 that's 303030 and get a full 30 days of access to this entire platform for free so this is going to be a fun one you came up with this idea i thought it was awesome in kind of the dog days of the season and essentially we're going to try to look into the future the 2018-19 season basically two years from now and try to figure out what's going to happen in the league obviously despite my ridiculous bragging earlier we're not going to come close to actually getting it right but it will be fun to go back and look and see how predictable or unpredictable some the rises of certain teams and players were so i thought where we should start here danny is on the team level in some ways that is more interesting to me than on the individual level because there's so many more variables in place draft picks cap space all that stuff matters in addition to just how are players going to develop as they age let's start with the west i, I think it's the best way to do this is to just go through the candidates if we're going to say who the final four teams are going to be who did you think has a chance of being in the final four in 2019 the front runners at this point have to be the warriors because thompson and green are already under contract curry it looks overwhelmingly likely and durant you know i'd say it's very likely at this point so after july 10th i think we'll have a lot more stability in terms of where that team is and then everybody else it's a really well, inter- let's finish let's finish talking about golden state sure. because i think one thing will be very interesting is durant's i think we can agree that curry is going to sign the designated veteran extension 209 million dollars he uh is not going to leave uh, it would seem he's be leaving over 70 million dollars potentially on the table especially the ability to lock in for a fifth year as he's in his 30s would be very important that would be making over 40 million that year but kevin durant number one is he going to allow them to retain andre guadala who again would be two years older he would be 35 by the time horizon we're talking about now but still probably a player that they would want to keep uh sean livingston probably wouldn't be an effective player by that point but they still might want to retain him anyway but as you talked about it would take him signing a deal for the amount provided by his non-bird rights about 31 million he'd be leaving 5 million on the table for this year but then he probably also would be signing a one plus one if he does that because he would want to get the max which he could get for four years the next year or does he lock in for a full four years at at about starting at about 36 million but couldn't get the 7.5 percent annual raises either or does he do a one plus one but still demand that he has to get the 
the 36 million and then they only really have the mid-level exception or maybe even the taxpayer mid-level probably the latter uh, to do anything with so really whether he could leave before this season that we're talking about the 2018-19 season who's going to be around still uh that really a lot of that remains to be seen i agree with you it seems more likely than not that he would still be on the team then but whether they could add to the team at all what kind of ring chasers they could get that kind of stuff all very much up in the air but i still think when you have the likelihood of those four guys being under contract you know they would have to be the number one contender for this in my book and for reference so we'll use basketball i apologize for using that because i'm just about to say but for basketball reference we're going to use their ages as just kind of a calibrator for that season that will be curry's age 30 season that will be durant's age 30 season that will be draymond green's age 28 season and clay thompson's age 28 season so they'll all be kind of in that very early post prime or late prime point in their careers a year or two later than that we might have to start thinking about the conversation a little bit differently but i think that at that point they'll all still be very very good players if they're healthy yeah and if they hadn't added durant this is one of the things we talked about it wasn't even such a big deal for this year when I think they would have been contenders even without him, especially had they retained Barnes. But it's a much bigger deal to still have him on the team when those guys are Curry is 30s. He might not be, you know, lower end kind of all all NBA player, not a top 10 player maybe by that point. Uh, so that's going to be key, of course, to retain him. But as long as they do, I mean, I think this window is three, four years for them, if not more than that. And then the year after that, after the 2019 season, Thompson is a free agent. Green would be a free agent the year after that. Um, so the other one that I thought uh, has to be in this discussion for sure is San Antonio. But there are big reasons to think why they could look really good. But there's also a lot of variability because the only guy that we really can assume is going to be on their team in the 2018-19 season at this point would be Kawhi. And Kawhi becomes uh, the part of a, a story as I was going through contracts and going through all this that's that's fascinating because what happened is there is this weird batch of players that are all going to be unrestricted free agents for the first time after this season. So Kawhi is the only stable piece, but he'll be a free agent after that year. And then so you'll that will also be the last year after that, the 2019 season right years correct yeah. so after this so this I, i'm using this as kind of a potential dividing point because after this season so the year we're talking about this is all fine but the year after not only is Kawhi going to be a free agent but so Kyrie, kevin love uh, john wall like a lot of different guys because what happened is wall's class a lot of those guys signed the guys who signed long contracts signed five-year contracts and then the next year was Kawhi and love the or well, different contracts but there was a lot of four plus yeah. ones so the, so those guys are all going to come together at the same time so this might actually be the last season before the next big sea change that was an idea that i thought of but that's why the spurs are so interesting is because they'll see that coming and will they kind of move in the direction of locking up their next core and hope that Kawhi just stays and that that's what I expect them to do. But, you know, they're going to have a lot of big decisions to make and they're going to need to woo some high end free agents because we know they're not going to have great picks. Well, Kawhi almost certainly will make be eligible for the designated player veteran extension. And especially considering that he has never had any sort of an inclination to leave. He doesn't really seem to care about like marketing or his brand or anything like that. Uh, Greg Popovich, I think, has been locked up for a while. I don't think we know exactly how long, but uh, I think he's 66 now, so he'll probably still be around. Uh, we'll see if, I mean, if he retires, that could really change a lot of things here. But with that designated veteran extension, I think Kawhi will almost certainly stay. The interesting thing too, you mentioned 2019. 2018 is when LaMarcus Aldridge has a player option for $22 million. Danny Green is a player option for $10 million. If those two guys 
opt in, they're still looking at about 40 million in cap space and, you know, not really much of a team. <laughs> but if those two guys opt out, it's basically DeJounte Murray, Kawhi, and restricted free agents, uh, Kyle Anderson and, and Davis Bertans. And, you know, we would see Paul Gasol and Tony Parker both be free agents at that point as well. But they could have 75 million in space That's and amazing. they'd have Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard on their team. They could just remake their entire team if they wanted to. Some of those guys, you know, probably won't get to that point. But then are they going to try to get guys in 2018 free agency, which is not looking like an amazing class? You know, and one of the best guys, Paul George, plays the same position as, as Kawhi. We know how he feels about playing out of position on the wing. Or would they just kind of try to go the short term route, stay competitive, and then, as you mentioned, really be a, more of a player in 2019 uh, as well? So, uh, but this is the biggest thing to me is Kawhi Leonard, of all the players who we're talking about as being a top six, top seven player in the NBA, I mean, I think that's really the tier right now is a top six. Kawhi is the one who will still be in his dead bang prime two years from now at age 27. The rest of those guys are going to be late 30s at the earliest, uh, or I'm sorry, late 30s, late 20s at the earliest, So uh, or 30 like guys like Curry and Durant are. So, and you talk about the amazing coaching they have and the strength of the organization. I think you would have to assume that they'll they'll be right there but who else would you have considered as even a possibility in this analysis the three other teams that really stood out to me that have to be mentioned one is the houston rockets they'll probably have a pretty similar team like they'll have all of the good players they have now but they actually could clear space on top of that i think it's about 20 million if they really wanted to they could you know they could lose players like trevor reza but they could also replace trevor reza maybe upgrade on trevor reza they're number one they're not in any order minnesota just because carl anthony towns is ridiculous Andrew Wiggins has a sky-high ceiling. I think Thibodeau is a very good coach, and if they can improve defensively, that will really help. And then the Utah Jazz. The well, Jazz... Minnesota, real quick, let, let's hit them, just because Minnesota could have max cap space this offseason but then probably will not be able to have it in the future due to some of the extensions for for Wiggins and Towns. So right. if they can get good players and then you know continue to develop those two main guys, maybe Levine comes back and he could be a quality sixth man. Now uh, you could talk about them really get, getting in there. Houston with Harden at 29, you know how much longer can he really play like this? And then you know guys like Aaron Gordon and Anderson, some of the other big money guys on the roster, like this is the good year for them and they're going to probably be in gentle decline. Uh, who else did you look at besides well, those and then the third team who i actually put at number two just because of the uncertainty with the spurs for that year specifically was the utah jazz and the jazz, have, wow. the jazz have plenty of uncertainty as well but if gordon hayward stays hayward will be 28 rudy gobert will be 26 george Hill will be a little bit older but they have a lot there that could really, really work. And they don't have this crazy flexibility that we had been lauding and we still don't know what's happening with Derek Favors, who will have been a free agent by that point. So they they could go in a couple different directions. But I think when you if, if you were to tell me that they have especially Hayward and Gobert, and then they have very few bad contracts, maybe Exum has become something at that point. I could yeah, see them being Rodney a very, Hood very good well. team. Yeah, Rodney, Rodney Hood will be well. twenty yeah. he'll be twenty-six. So yeah, they'll they have a ton of talent, and I just feel more comfortable with the idea that they'll be there. There's certainly a chance that the Spurs are, are better, but I think they have more variability. And even if they lose... Oh, see, I disagree with that. I, I think as long as they have Kawhi Leonard, who we're almost certain is going to be there, and Pop, I think that, yeah, there's some uncertainty around him, but Kawhi Leonard, I mean, you'd be shocked at this point if it weren't, unless it's an injury-related issue, for him to not be a top-five player in the league at age 27 that year. Whereas Gordon Hayward could very easily leave. Hill could easily leave. Maybe they just don't have anyone at point guard. They 
Gobert is expensive. You know, it's really they won't be able to find a way to replace. I mean, because if Hayward leaves, they're completely out of this conversation. I think that's true. The chance of him leaving is greater than San Antonio not being able to put a quality team around Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I just think the Spurs might not prioritize that season. So when I'm looking at yeah, my no, that, that's certainly yeah. true. I mean, I mean, and, and I'm saying you know, I think San Antonio probably has the highest floor of any of these teams that we're talking about. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's what Kawhi does. But uh, yeah, Kawhi, Kawhi is such a massive factor there. And then ceiling, though, you know, we, we, we'll we see what San Antonio does, but it's going to be hard for them to add talent this coming year. And then after that, certainly, they depending on how they want to manage the roster, they absolutely could. So was that the end of the list for you? Those were the teams that were in heavy consideration. The other ones that I had kind of on the on the edges of it were Denver and New Orleans. Denver, they're really, really young. Nikola Jokic is awesome. So you could see a series of different ways. I'm still a little bit skeptical that their defense will get to the point where they can really be the second best team in a conference. I think they'll be in the mix, but they also have a lot of resources. And then New Orleans, just because of the idea that if Davis Cousins works, it's game changing and they're, they could be amazing. Yeah, I mean, those could just be two top 10 players in the league on the same team, you know? So, like, if they get together, Cousins gets, I mean, Cousins will be 28 and AD will be, he'll still only be like 25, amazingly, that season. Uh, Now, do I have a lot of confidence in them to put the pieces around them? I mean, I think it's much more likely that Cousins isn't even on the team then than that they are even a top four seed in the West that year. But you have to consider the possibility with those two talents on the same team. And then Denver, you mentioned that. Jamal Murray, you know what we think of his upside. I think they're almost certainly going to have a top five offense at that point. But, you know, they have Danilo Gallinari, the question with him, Wilson Chandler, a free agent in 2018. Who do they have to come in on the wings? They, if Gallo leaves this year, they could have $40 million in space. But, you know, what exactly are they going to use that on? How do they get better defensively? Find a two-way guy on the wing. Uh, Memphis, clearly out of it to me. And the Clippers, both of them, they're just going to age too much and, and don't really have any kind of flexibility to add new talent. So I, I would say that neither of them is in consideration for me of making a conference finals in the 2019 season. And Oklahoma City's in the same boat. I mean, I think they have. Oh, yeah. A, they have a, they have basically the same team they're going to have then. And they will, they will probably get some age-related improvement from the young guys. And Russ, that's about the point where he could take a step down he'll be 29 you know what though uh, yeah yeah okc probably should have been mentioned here and the reason i say that is what if Steven Adams just turns into like a really amazing center and they just somehow they have a top five defense in the league and then you know if they could be a top five defense and get to like the number 10 offense which I think with Westbrook and then if they could just get some darn shooting around the guy maybe they could get there I mean I still think that it, it you know that of course we have to account for the fact that Russ is probably going to decline uh significantly from this is age 28 season to age 30 but there are some players who don't decline very much most do but some don't so maybe it's a possibility that they could get there but uh, you know i'd say it's pretty slim so i probably should have should have mentioned them do you want to move on to the easter is there anybody else that you i, I mean there are teams that have an outside 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 shot just like you know what happens if the lakers get another keep their pick and get paul george or something like that but you know that that's far enough on the fringes i don't feel like we yeah, need well, to discuss and, and it for anyone there are a lot of like, teams that are like you know like a one in i don't know one in 20 chance of getting into this group and yeah yeah no i think for anyone who's saying hey what about like these teams are gonna have high draft picks yeah second year players are almost never that good sorry like (laughs) you know i'm just not willing to say that they're going to do it on the strength there i mean unless maybe a trade is made or something and then the lakers could make a trade for a guy and then they sign paul george and free agency or something like maybe they could get into it but uh again i'm also just not not that impressed with the organization so far they got a long way to go to prove it 
Um, let's look at the Eastern Conference. This will be a fascinating year for the Eastern Conference, because as I said, it's the last year that Kyrie and Love are under contract. So I think Cleveland will be very good, but I actually put them behind the Celtics because the Celtics just, they're the mystery box. They could do so many different things. That will be the, the season after Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley are free agents. Who knows what's, what's going to happen with those guys? But just having two more Nets picks, having a bunch of cap space, having a lot of talented young guys, I think that's the year where their expected value overtakes Cleveland's. Yeah, it's all theoretical for the Celtics right now. If they just use those two draft picks, I don't think they necessarily do overtake Cleveland. I mean, LeBron, he and Jordan are probably aged better than any two players in NBA history right now. So, well, I do think he's going to be on the decline. And certainly in the regular season, I, I would say that the chances of Cleveland getting the number one seed that year are pretty low. Because uh, they're not going to care at all. <laughs> Yeah, considering they're 22nd in defense this year, <laughs> you know, uh, and don't really have a ton of ways to add like great defensive talent to the team. I mean, they'll probably get another center who can play by that point. Uh, just by using like the mini mid level or something but for boston their cap space this summer and then potential trade targets with the 2017 pick or the 2018 pick i think even more likely that 2018 pick would be traded than maybe 2017 and we'll see also what number picks those end up being you know is another uh really interesting question but just when you consider all those resources available yeah i think isaiah thomas may decline he might not even be on the team although you know that's another question too like if it's more likely Likely than not that Thomas won't be on the team at that point can you really say Boston but this Boston pick in a lot of ways is even more about how uh underwhelming the rest of this field looks in the east and even Cleveland right you say hey LeBron's gonna be 34 like Love has struggled with injuries like he's gonna be 30 is he really gonna be any good anymore like how are they ever going to stop anybody? Like, is Kyrie really going to get that much better to pick up the slack from Love and LeBron's decline? You know, they can't add any talent. If they're in the West, all those would be major concerns. It's just none of these teams really scare me at all coming up behind them. I mean, there's there's a lot of teams that have possibilities, but no one, I mean, even on the, uh, I wouldn't say that there are any of these teams below Boston and Cleveland that I think is even going to be as good as like Minnesota's going to be in two years. I think Milwaukee could be. They're, they have with Giannis and Chris Middleton. I think like, where's Middleton's free agency? Is that he'll he'll be on the team that year and then he has a player option. I believe that's right. So they'll have Jabari, Giannis, Middleton, and they already have a lot of their depth pieces under contract. Toledovich, Del Vadova, John Henson, Thon Maker, obviously. So I could see them having Minnesota's kind of upside, especially I think the Giannis Towns compared is at least they're in the same ballpark. So I think they could be. And then the other team that gets in that conversation, but they have a way lower floor is the Sixers, just because the Sixers have a lot of ways to get better, but they need to get a lot better. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about Embiid, Simmons, like both both injuries, we don't know exactly what what they are. They've got this 50 million in cap space this summer. They could have the Lakers pick. They could have their own pick. Uh, they have this 2019 Kings pick that if they start to get good, maybe they could flip that for something really awesome. Uh, as I <laughs> spoiler alert, I expect that the Kings uh will not necessarily be out of the morass by 2019. So, yeah, I think with the Bucs, I just, I don't believe in their coaching. I would imagine that kid would be gone by then. But, you know, if they make the playoffs, maybe they feel like they can't move on from him. I'm still not a huge believer in him. Jabari, no idea where he's going to be at by then. I mean, that 18-19 season will be his first fully healthy season back if everything goes right, which we don't know. Maybe he could just get injured again. Uh, Their cap space don't really look like they're going to have a ton in terms of options 
there. Maybe they could add one more depth piece, but that's probably about it. So, I mean, they could definitely get there. Maybe Giannis just continues to grow and, and Jabari comes back strong and, and uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Thon really, really develop more. You know, the Thon is kind of the, I think really the the missing piece wild card there. You know, if he really becomes the starting center that we hope he can instead of, by the way, <laughs> The amount of times that he's been getting Keith Bogans has been unbelievable lately. Like, it's just the, the, the ad hoc nature of kids coaching is so hilarious. I mean, like the fact that you would start someone that you take out two minutes and 48 seconds into the first quarter and not because of fouls, just start Greg Monroe. If <laughs> I mean, just, just end this farce, like you got to be kidding me here. But anyway, who else did you have besides the Bucks? I mean, I think they probably were the team that I most considered uh, out of the, those ones below uh, Boston and Cleveland the Washington Wizards that will be a year where so Wall is still under contract he will be 28 that year Bradley Beal will still only be 25 because he came into the league young he's still young and their big man spots will be in flex and everything like that if they still have Otto Porter he'll be 25 as well so I could see them just building around that core and even if they the big man spots drop off a little bit if Beal stays stays in the same place gets better they could be awfully good yeah, and Porter, of course, is going to get maxed out. So they're really they're going to be trying to avoid the tax. Like the, this is their team, basically. You know, unless they they trade away some more draft picks. Um, which they could well do to try to pick up some more depth. Uh, yeah, but they'll still have Markeith Morris under contract, incredibly, at $8.6 million. I mean, how long ago does it seem already that he signed that four-year, $32 million deal with, with the Suns? That'll be the last year at Gortat. They'll still have another year of Mahimi. Uh, maybe they'll bring back Bogdanovich as well, although he, he's a little older. Uh, perhaps Kelly Oubre as a fourth-year player, can develop a little bit. So they have some ways to improve a little bit. And with those two guys, Wall and Beal, both still being in their prime, I think, you know, they've they've got at least, a, I think, a pretty high floor, you know, unless the injuries hit. So, yeah, and then the other team for me was the Sixers, and I already we already talked about them, so I don't think I need to talk too much more about them. All right, so I thought, actually, that more teams needed to be considered, only yeah, because, because no, I found... Because nobody's good enough? Right, exactly. Like, it's not, I, I think it's, it, you know, the second best team in the East. I mean, you know, the best team in the East this year is going to win 53 games, you know, and, and I'm not sure that Cleveland, it looks like they're going to be better. Uh, Boston, maybe they will, but we don't know for sure. So with, with all that level of uncertainty, you have to consider even a team like Detroit. You know, a team that until Reggie Jackson had such a miserable year this year and Drummond is kind of stagnated. But I felt like before coming into this year that maybe if everything goes right, that could be a team that would win in the low 50s once all their young talent really reaches its prime, which it would be at that point for them. Indiana, you know, of course, Paul George would have to return. They've got a lot of downside with that team, but maybe they... Uh, could just fix their bench and Miles Turner will get to re be really good and, and they find a point guard somehow like you know maybe maybe it could happen for them I doubt it uh maybe even Toronto just some of their young guys continue to develop and and Lowry and and DeRozan still are okay and just you know they could still be hovering around 50 wins somehow their defense could be a lot better they re-sign Ibaka and he actually is 27 not older as, as people think um Miami also perhaps a threat I mean consider that they're a 500 team that could have max cap space maybe they get somebody really good or, or someone who develops i don't know who that would be necessarily uh but they have great coaching and a great organization and uh so that, that's you have to consider them just due to that flexibility but again i mean well and they're a, de and they're a destination really... too like that's the other yeah right and 
unlike some of the other destinations, New York, they actually have the cap space to make a difference. So you could see a circumstance where things just fall into place for them. You know, not to the degree that they did in 2010, but they're in that conversation. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the Clippers. The Clippers could be in this too if they blow it up, but they if they blow it up, they're not going to be good by this point. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, all right, we'll talk about some more crystal ball here who we think the two worst teams are going to be we got some very interesting candidates for that as well but first this from coca-cola and powerade if you got a couple of buddies coming over for a big game you're all pumped because it's going to be a good one but what if your friends get thirsty and you have nothing to give them do yourself a favor get ready for tip off by picking up a six pack of coca-cola and an eight pack of powerade at walmart and while you're at it you can also pick up some great stats and pointers at coke.com slash always ready that way you'll have some ncaa march madness knowledge to drop if things get quiet or if your team gets blown out and the room fills up with awkward silence you can at least discuss exactly how it is that your team is getting killed either way it's swing by walmart get everything you need to watch the game with friends and family enjoy the dance gear up to watch all the games with coca-cola and powerade from walmart and get in on the march madness action by visiting coke.com slash always ready that's coke.com slash always ready ncaa and march madness are trademarks of the national collegiate athletic association all right who's gonna be really bad in uh, 2019 the front runners here have to be the brooklyn nets the brooklyn nets will have their draft pick for the first time so it's a year that they actually have the incentive to tank for the first time in a little while and that happens to be the same year that brooke lopez will have been a free agent and jeremy lynn will have had his player option so who knows what he's going to do so they will have a ton of cap space but it would be wise for them to use it for rentals and flyers as opposed to spending it and worsening their own pick like the one time they can really get better yeah i mean even if they retain everyone on this roster you know that's like a 25 win team nobody's going to go there who's really good in free agency they'll actually have their pick as you mentioned i mean i think that that's like a clear one the second one is tough i mean there's a lot of candidates here i think just the most likely would be sacramento just because i am not a huge believer in their management they don't have a ton of tie and talent on the team i do think Dave Yerger can be a, a pretty decent coach. So there's that maybe. And, and uh, some of these young guys have actually looked pretty good. Buddy Heald's been better than I thought he would be. Scal is showing some signs. Even Papa G did a few things uh, in the, I think that game against the Spurs over the weekend. I mean, not that he's going to be a, a salvation. They'll have two lottery picks pretty likely, although we don't know exactly where those are going to be this year. But I don't think those players are going to be enough to get them out of the morass. Uh, I mean, perhaps the one thing you could point to, Danny, is just not having that 2019 pick at all so if we're just talking about purely their record they won't be tanking so they probably won't be the one of the bottom two but i would say you know we talked about who has the highest f- floor uh i think that sacramento probably has the lowest ceiling of any team after brooklyn as of now wow thank you for taking almost all of my notes uh the, i i have it that the, the <laughs> hey, well it, hey, just so the listeners know you didn't have that no, in the in no, the document no, these that are i my like own ripped personal, off no. the, like what you wrote down no, i ca- i actually just, now <laughs> considering it I w- i'm gonna read what i wrote verbatim very bare cupboard in terms of starting slash star talent and tough market to pull free agents however they will have zero incentive to tank with philly owning their pick unprotected you <laughs> no, have not seen have- that yeah that was that was what yeah yeah yeah, they will have 50 million in cap space this summer and maybe they'll just try and spend it on role players and and some of those young guys develop and like i if you had to ask me like you know i don't think they're gonna be one of the bottom two teams but it's just i i feel comfortable thinking they're still gonna be you know not gonna be a playoff team by that point right because what happens is there are a lot of other teams that have higher ceilings and lower floors and so phoenix is a great example of this you know like phoenix could absolutely be substantially better than this but they could also still 
still be trying to figure it out. Yeah, or they could trade Eric Bledsoe, another team that really has not shown great management either. I mean, it, so you've kind of got two categories here. You've got the teams that just are bad and just, you know, their young talent may not get any better. Orlando certainly is in that category. The Lakers are in that category. And then you have the teams that are kind of middling okay right now, but could really fall off either due to trading their star Indiana, or losing them in free agency like Indiana and Chicago, Atlanta with Paul Millsap, who's not going to be that good two years from now anyway. Uh, the Clippers, if one of their stars leaves or just they're not that good anymore or like they decide to trade Chris Paul because they just have no chance of getting there and they at least their picks going out are, are lottery protected. Uh, Dallas, if they lose Dirk, maybe they would say, hey, we're just, they start off next year really badly. They're like, all right, we're going to just trade Harrison Barnes and, and Wes Matthews and really, and, and Seth Curry and just really try to rebuild. Uh, that could happen. I could see Charlotte just totally falling off a cliff uh, over the next couple of years and just having like only Kemba Walker. They're probably less likely in that category for me. But I think that that's pretty much all. Oh, and Memphis, of course, too, is another one, especially if the injuries hit for them or they just you know they're under 500 and they want to trade Gasol or Conley or something I want to mention the Knicks as well I think that they'll be better than this but I think they have to be mentioned because they have a lot of bad money on their books and that bad money is going to be old money at that point and Porzingis is wonderful but he can't at this point at least he can't carry a team that far outside of this I think they'll resolve their point guard situation I'm hopeful that they will and that will help elevate them but at this point I think we have to keep them in there as well No, that's a good point. And also a team that uh, doesn't have the greatest of management track records as we noted. All right, who do you think will be the NBA champion in 2019? The most likely champion to me is the Warriors. I think the Warriors have, we already know that they're, that they have high-end talent and that that high-end talent, if they can stay healthy, will age well. And there's so much uncertainty everywhere else that, that they're the most likely, but that doesn't make them super likely because there's so many other teams that have high ceilings. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, there's still the uncertainty with Durant as well. Um, but, you know, I think they have a good organization I mean, this was, they made these moves. We said when they got Durant that they'd probably be the favorite for a few years. And I don't see any reason really to change my mind on that. Who, this, this is going to be really ridiculous. Uh, well, all right. So who is your second most likely uh, 2019 champion? That's that. This is the really tough question. Oh, oh, I have to say Cleveland, like kind of like a Houston Rockets style. Like they come in from like the five or the six seed and just annihilate, just annihilate enough teams. Like I could totally see I mean, them I mean, doing that. Maybe LeBron just still somehow. Oh, and I have to mention when you said aging better like Jordan we also have to talk about Kareem though that was a very different aging path but you said that he aged better than everybody but Jordan but I wanted to mention Kareem yeah but even even yeah it should be mentioned but Kareem I think even by by the time he got into the Showtime era there wasn't really an argument that he was the best player in the league by that point which that's very for Jordan for Jordan and, and LeBron I mean I think Jordan and LeBron are probably the only two players in history where at past age 32 you could still be talking about them as as the best player in the league um yeah i mean cleveland wow you know it's <laughs> because boston is just so uncertain i, I would and say like the, the spurs teams in the probably. west we say the spurs uh. yeah but see they're gonna have to go through the warriors i mean i feel like it's it, like an eastern conference yeah. team actually has a more likely chance just because i mean somebody's gonna jump up there we know somebody oh, is, y- but yeah. we don't know exactly y- you mean the going. exact same way it's been for like the past like you know since jordan retired basically that just oh you have a chance because you're coming out of the east and the east isn't any good like god it's never gonna change 
No, because the big market teams have bad ownership. Okay, so what question that you oh. put in there that I think is oh, do you want to keep going on yeah. this? Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, were you gonna were you gonna do Finals MVP? Yeah, I mean that's just gross at this point. But yeah, yeah, I, so ridiculous. I, I, but... I mean, I think if you if I'm gonna say the Warriors are the most likely champions, I'm gonna say Kevin Durant is the most likely MVP. I think his game will age better than Curry's will, and I could see him winning it. And my question I had for you was, I don't know if you have Durant as your number one or not, but I, I have him, and what I been thinking about is will if i think he will win that finals mvp will that be his first one yeah (laughs) well you'd think coming off the injury if the warriors do win it this year it wouldn't be this year so Uh, i do think he'll age a little bit better than steph and i think he's a little bit younger than him but i would actually say because of the chance that it could be either curry or durant even though i think golden state is more likely to win it than the spurs i would say Kawhi because if the spurs do win it Kawhi absolutely would be the mvp that's a fair point so that's an interesting idea i had kd and then i thought about it a little more i was like nah probably it should be it should be Kawhi, and that'll segue into who i think will be the overall regular season mvp i think that will be Kawhi leonard at at, at age 27 certainly a great case i mean he's an excellent player right now and an mvp candidate and while a lot of the the other three guys in the conversation this year will all be aging out of their prime he'll be aging into his and all of the other players that are below and there's an incredible group of guys that we'll discuss when we do all nba teams but though there was so much less certainty there i actually went with my most likely mvp as hard for one simple reason i think Kawhi will deserve it but i think harden will still put up crazy counting stats and i think he'll win it for that reason and Kawhi, a defense a player who derives so much value from the defensive side my instinct is that those players will always be underrated in mvp conversations and harden will be 29 he's not I, i think that he won't be as good then as he is now but i still think he's most likely yeah, and, and I think he is someone, too, who, especially now that he seems to have rededicated himself to staying in a little better shape, that, you know, he's he has so much of his game is reliant on skill and strength that, you know, a little bit of athleticism decline hopefully wouldn't hurt him too much. And then there's also the guys coming up from below. There's, there's AD, Towns, Giannis. Those would probably be the three guys that I would really look at as maybe they could get into this conversation in the next two years. I mean, there may be someone that we just don't see coming. I mean, Kawhi, we didn't see coming two years ago to be a top five player, uh, but well, it, some, I, I, I think want to say something be. quick about that, which is yeah. this conversation is one of the big things of why that 2013 draft class being such a disappointment really does linger because that those guys are about the right age to start filtering into this and how it's it's such a narrow class in terms of impact i mean the, the impact has yeah. been guys and that 2014 were the too yeah you know, i mean i guess maybe you could say Embiid would be another possibility sure you know if he really just but i think just with the injuries i'm not willing to say this and, and also i'm doing the way i'm doing this i'm doing this for who my pick would be too right like as you mentioned like you think harden will win it i mean where you could do it that way too I, I don't think that's any better or worse but for me i think Kawhi will be the best player in the league at that point and and so that's why I'm I uh, I picked him for for who I think will be the MVP. So I think at this point it would be good to kind of do to do the all M- to go through all NBA and the way that the way that I did it was I kind of looked at the ages of the guys that are currently under consideration and then players who you know maybe could be there. So do you want to kind of do it position by position or do you want to do it kind of gr- level by level? No, let's do position by position. Let's start with the, with center because I think that's probably the easiest. I mean, looking at this list though, man center could be absolutely loaded um 
I think that the first team all NBA for me is going to be Carl Towns. Like just what he's been doing the second half of the year offensively is just completely insane. I mean, and remember, he's only a second year player. I think he's going to come around on defense. The team overall has improved on defense. So he would be my pick for first team all NBA center uh, two years from now. And he'll be 23. So that's completely ridiculous. So yeah, to me, it's between Towns and Anthony Davis. And you might even be able to get the hedge that Anthony Davis is not going to be a center at that point. So well, uh, but under my scenario i think it's most likely that cousins isn't on the team and that he then <laughs> becomes the center again he'll although i guess if cousins leaves then they may have to start thinking about trading him too uh but he'll only be 25 they'll uh, but they'll still have the designated veteran extension for him too assuming he doesn't get hurt and like have one of these weird years where he doesn't make all nba how crazy is it that there's a very real chance that we're getting to the point where you know because the center crop is just so so exciting and young that we could be dealing with having multiple center eligible guys that deserve to make first team all nba like that would be if it happens just because of the dearth of wings dearth dearth of wings that would be an unbelievable development considering the history of the league yeah my third team guy was nikola Jokic. Embiid to me has a, a higher upside but I'm just not willing to believe in him playing all 82 games or, or even close to that at this point uh so and Jokic I think I mean he's only be 23 at that time yeah that's that's also insane it's completely ludicrous so that's really the centers did you split it into forwards or power forwards no I just went the normal NBA forwards uh, okay. and, and guards so then we both have Kawhi really at the top of this list. Kawhi will be 27, serious MVP frontrunner slash candidate. And then a lot of the other players that are currently like in the all-NBA range, just to give you a reference for where they'll be age-wise, LeBron will be 34, KD will be 30, Giannis will be 24, and he won't even turn 25 until I think it's like nine months after this time two years from now, which is ludicrous. Jimmy Butler will be 29, Draymond will be 28. So you kind of have a lot of those players that will still be relevant, but then there's just an avalanche of players that are also be worthy of consideration. Yeah, the guys that are coming up like Porzingis will be 23. Uh, and that he actually probably should have been talked about as a center maybe sure. too. Um, and Paul, Cousins uh, only would be, yeah. Go Paul ahead, George and Gordon Hayward will also both be 28. That could be a wonderful year for both of them too, whether they're on their current teams or on different teams. Yeah, I, I think, so I'll just run through my list. I had Kawhi and Giannis on first team katie and lebron on second team i especially think that like both those guys are just going to not play that many games not try that hard during the regular season by that point uh and then i still went with uh, i think draymond green and uh gordon hayward were my two third team guys um but a clear drop off to me after those top four uh very clear two years from now oh yeah of course so i actually the only difference we had was that i had durant over Giannis on the first team just because durant's capability scoring i think is there but i mean i love Giannis I'm a full, firm believer in him that was a tough choice so LeBron I think he's going to age well it's just how much he wants it and then as a it's, it's a regular season thing so you have those as well but let's I'm looking if there are any other guys that warranted consideration that yeah, I wonder well so I mean I thought that just Hayward I think if he's still on the jazz they're going to be good it'll find like they'll have been good for so long that he'll finally start getting some real consideration if they win you know 50 games three four years in a row uh Draymond same thing you know I think the Warriors are going to be really good and then uh you know, P Paul George and Butler would probably be the other two that I would look at. Maybe Porzingis, if he's a forward. Ben Simmons, you might think about also, but he, you know, it's way too nebulous with him right now. And so it could easily be, be Butler or Paul George. I don't think that their teams are going to be that good, but, you know, I could see both of them being on different teams by that point, too. Uh, and that if they're on a winning team, then it could be like, oh, some big redemption revelation, you know, things are a lot different. 
And it's also worth noting, because we haven't really talked about it too much, that while there might be guys in this this year's draft class in particular, this is more of a guard thing than a forward thing, that, that end up being good. Being an all-NBA player in their second year would be a big ask. So even if you're a big Jason Tatum, he'll be 21, or Josh Jackson, he'll be 22 fan, those guys will have a big big hill to climb to be among the six best forwards in the league well and let's look at just for perspective too carl towns almost certainly is better his rookie year and this year his second year which all the guys who would be drafted in 2017 will be in their second year than any of those guys are going to be i mean carl towns has been historic his first two years and towns probably still isn't going to make an all nba team this year so and those guys will probably be on losing teams like you just if you're drafted you don't make an all nba team two years after you're drafted is not an inviolable rule but a pretty damn good rule of thumb if you're trying to predict the future well if we're going to talk about porzingis as one of the other centers shouldn't we also bring up miles turner i think that he he has a potential as well he'll only be 22 which is crazy yeah i I mean i think it's just that he he's just never going to be good enough as like an individual score to break into that in a lot of people's minds Uh, but you know if he's raining oh and did we mention rudy gobert because we have to mention rudy gobert he'll be yeah yeah he's he's another one too i mean i think that turner gobert maybe just don't it, it just speaks to the incredible upside that these centers have and then also you probably have to mention demarcus cousins as well i mean maybe sure. he'll have a little bit of a renaissance in new orleans or you know i don't think i mean i think he's below towns already right now and you know the age equation will only continue to shift in, in towns's favor let's get to the guards though because i on these i had just no idea really i mean there's a lot of different guys it could be i think I've swayed by your Harden argument. I think he probably would still be on there, especially because he's going to be so much of a focus of the team. I think that Westbrook is more likely to decline a little bit than Harden due to his style of play with the loss of athleticism and also being a little bit older than Harden. Uh, but you know, and he he's also has running. more miles on his tires. Yeah, and you know. He could be on a new team in 2018-19 too. Let's not forget that. He could be a free yeah. agent. Uh, although, you know, they will have the designated veteran extension to offer him. Yeah, he'll he'll have a very good idea of what team he'll be playing with because it's basically the same team he's playing with now. So, yeah, there are a lot of guys. And it's also amazing that we talked about just the shallowness of the small forward position. I mean, you have the top guys who are incredible, but outside of those, it gets it gets really hard. At the guard positions, it's point guards. And really, that's, that's the main focus. So you have Westbrook, 30, Hart, and then CP3, will be 33 so i mean small guys generally don't age that well steph will be 30 kyle lowry will be 32 isaiah thomas will be 29 dame lillard will be 28 Kyrie will be 26 john wall will be 28 and then the young guys will be young yeah maybe wall would be your next choice there depending i mean i think a lot of it just depends on how good these teams turn out too i think yeah, for, for me it was wall and yeah. willard where it was was a, a consideration between those two like i i think that they're both it's really going to be whoever's in the better situation and they're good point guards in very different ways but they yeah, get out and, nice and Kyrie also i mean what if Kyrie has another completely ridiculous playoffs and then you know starts to or starts to get a little bit more defensively or really becomes the guy carrying the team if lebron you know especially during the regular season um and then you have some of these guys like Beal, Clay Thompson, who I wouldn't say have any chance of making the first or second team, probably, but you know are, are good shooters who are going to age well. I think uh, not and they really both could t- be on yeah. very good teams as well. Not really a ton coming up. No, out of the guys who I mean, because all of these guys pretty much are ones who at least would be in consideration for all NBA now. I mean, we could Isaiah Thomas might be another one too, but he'll be that'll be his age twenty nine season. Rodney you know, so Hood will be twenty six. Well I still I still love Rodney Hood. 
Wiggins will be 23. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's the one, and he might also be considered a small forward by then, too. I mean, of True. the guys who are not, like, really good already, I mean, you could even say that Wiggins is getting close to there with the amount of points per game he averages. Some people might say that at least. But really, Jamal Murray, Wiggins, and Devin Booker were the only three guys who aren't really good already that I could come up with as, like, you know, maybe in consideration for this. Yeah, and I I, I put on my list, I included Markel Fultz and Alonzo Ball just on the outside, outside, outside chance. But again, it's the same caveat we put on before. So uh, who is your uh, first, second, and third teams then? I don't think you actually said. Okay, first team, Harden, Curry, Durant, Kawhi, and Towns. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about just for the guards. I oh, think oh, we, we did the other sorry. ones just for okay. the guards. Okay, Harden, Curry, first team, Westbrook, Lillard, second team, and then just because I still love him to death, uh, Chris Paul and John Wall, third team. Yeah, I mean, maybe uh, when is Chris Paul going to ever play a full season, though? I mean, not to say that he, he might still just be incredibly brilliant. Like, he's another guy who's staved off the aging process. Yeah. Incredibly he's well, the next but... John, If he's the next John Stockton, he's the next John Stockton. Yeah, I think I probably would just go with Westbrook above curry just because he's going to be the only guy in that team still uh and curry curry either second or third team I, I guess i would go second team with him along with wall and then uh kyrie i think will make it at that point you know he'll just have been around for so long on those cleveland teams and, and just in people's minds um and then i would go with lillard i think would would be uh my last pick there but again incredibly difficult all right, we done here? Yeah, I'll promote that I released the Western Conference over-under update that I did with Arturo Galetti. That's on Real Jam Radio. You can check that out. And then, yeah, just have normal material working on it and for Warrior stuff and then have some sporting news stuff that will hopefully eventually come out. All right, don't forget about our sponsor, Beachbody On Demand. Listeners can text CAPSPACE, all one word, to 303-030 and get a full 30 days of access to the platform for free. We will talk to y'all next time. Thanks again to Coca-Cola and Powerade for sponsoring today's program. Be ready to watch all the games in NCAA March Madness by picking up a six-pack of Coca-Cola and an eight-pack of Powerade at Walmart. When you pick up Coca-Cola and Powerade at Walmart, you're always ready for tip-off. Plus, you can get in on the NCAA March Madness action by visiting coke.com slash alwaysready. NCAA and March Madness are trademarks of the National Collegiate Athletic Association. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 